morning. You're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. Also streaming live on newhavenindependent.org. I'm Mubaraka Ibrahim, and you're listening to Mornings with Mubaraka, where we talk about national issues from a local level through a lens of diversity. So today we have a call-in show. We're calling in. We're streaming live on New Haven Independent Facebook page. We're streaming live on my Facebook page. So you guys can comment. You can call in. You just have to go and Google Uh, on Facebook or search on Facebook to find us um, if you want to chime in via the chat or you can actually give me a call once we get uh, we start talking Um, and the number that you can call to join the conversation is 203-872-7356 happy Wednesday we are here again Wednesday. Uh, we are only three weeks into the new administration. It feels like it's been three years already, but of course, that's just my own perception. So I had an interesting weekend, and I'm going to tell you about uh, uh, my weekend. I'm going to tell you about the um, exciting speakers that I had a chance to speak. Um, that had, had, had a, I had a chance to listen um, um, to and I'm going to pose a couple of questions. So over the weekend, I attended Sister Giant 2017. Sister Giant is a conference that is given by Marianne Williamson. Um, and if you're not familiar with her, you should become familiar with her because she is awesome sauce. Yes, she is. So she, <laughs> Marianne Williamson, um, a little bit about her is that she ran for Congress a while ago. Um, She did not uh, actually win her bid for Congress, but then actually I'm just finding out this morning that she actually started Sister Giant back then in order to continue to spread the word on the platform in which she ran. So some of the interesting things that happened over the weekend. So Sister Giant was um, in the DC area, technically in Arlington, Virginia. Um, And it was a range of speakers. So I end up going from because um, a girlfriend of mine invited me. And after him and hawing back and forth, I was like, okay, go. And I'm, I'm going to be totally honest. I actually did, was not sure <laughs> what exactly the, the conference was about. But in the end, I was glad to act to um, I was glad to go So the conference was so the general gist of the conference was approaching politics from a faith and spiritual based perspective as the as the base. And and that is not a specific uh, religion. It was it was very non-denominational. So um, they spoke from a. um, Jewish perspective and a Muslim perspective and a spirituality perspective. There were uh, Buddhist um, min- um, ministers. I think they're called ministers. There were Buddhist ministers there. There were um, people who um, just uh, who were atheists. People were, but just from a spirit, uh, a spiritual based perspective. So that was interesting in itself. So some of the speakers, of course. Many of them was my particular, uh, I was particularly fangirling um, 
um, the whole time, right? Because <laughs> um, some of the speakers were Bernie Sanders. And of course, they kind of started the event with Bernie Sanders to get us all hyped up, right? <laughs> um, so I'm not going to mention all the speakers. You can go to sistergiant.com and you can, uh, you can look at um, all of the list of speakers. Some of my favorite were Bernie Sanders, um, Chink Uger of the Young Turks. Um, he was phenomenal. Congresswoman Jayapal, she was absolutely phenomenal. Lisa Bloom, attorney Lisa Bloom, is the attorney that um, that um, represented the women who accuse uh, now um, Trump of uh, of rape, and she was her. She was an absolutely phenomenal speaker. Um, Opal Tometi, who is one of the founders of Black Lives Matter. And I say that I was officially inducted into the Hippie Hall of Fame with Rabbi Michael Lerner. <laughs> right? <laughs> we were holding hands and singing peace songs. And it was like very hippie-like, <laughs> which is normally not my venue, but <laughs> it was quite interesting. Uh, <laughs> there was... um. Another really good speaker that I enjoyed was, um, what is his name? His name is Roger Wilson. So you should uh, Google him if, uh, and follow him on Twitter and Facebook. He gave a very, very um, interesting. The um, MC for the day was Derek Harkins. He is a minister and a head of a theological university. And he was he did an awesome, awesome job. Um So those are some of the speakers that we had the opportunity to listen to. And one of the interesting things that I found. So if you've been following me for any amount of time, you know that I am I I am supportive of the previous administration. I do not overlook their faults, but I'm supportive of the previous administration. I am not supportive of the current administration. You already know that if you've been following me for 10 minutes, you know that. (laughs) Right. But but I feel like I am a very open minded person. And so, uh, you know, I'm willing to accept good and bad in anybody, whether I support them or don't. And the interesting thing that I found about this particular convention is that it wasn't all, oh, you know, we're all hippies and we all love Bernie Sanders kind of thing. It was people actually got up there and they spoke the truth of some of the faults of the previous administration that they felt contributed to the current um, the the election results. Um, And part of that was President Obama ignoring people who were farmers and people who are in the rural areas. Um, There was this one gentleman, which was really interesting. He got up and he spoke about losing his family farm. They were pig farmers from Pennsylvania. And the interesting thing about his converse, his, his talk was he spoke about, um, He said that he has been an advocate. He was he's like a representative of a group of farmers and um, he literally lobbies to politicians about their needs. And one of the things and I believe his his name was Michael Weiss. um, And one of the things that he talked about, he said that when President Obama was running for office, that they were some of the best people 
to uh, work with during his campaign. They were very responsive. They added their issues to their platform and they really had a lot of hope in what he would do for them or help them in. But when President Obama got into office, they felt that they were completely ignored. Like he did not follow up on or the administration rather did not follow up on anything that they thought that they were going to. And that left them very disheartened and very um, disgruntled. And so I completely understand that point. And he said that that's one of the reasons why when Trump particularly focused on them and, um, and bringing their issues to the forefront that they went with Trump. Um, so I thought that that was really, really interesting. So part of the failure of the previous administration was not living up to their promises for people in the rural areas. Um, that was quite that was so that was quite interesting to me. So um, one of the things that I discovered once I got there was that it was a conference that what's the platform, the platform, really the political platform um, that they promoted at the conference was progressive Democrats. And so that got me to thinking really interestingly enough. So I'm a Democrat. I'm a registered Democrat. But I said to myself, like, why am I a Democrat? (laughs) So so this is really interesting. So I started um, doing a little bit of research for this show and really thinking about what makes a Republican and what makes a Democrat. Right. So uh, I think and now we have independence. Right. So I think that that's probably the three. Well, we also we have we have the Green Party. We have a lot of different things. But the two major is Republican and Democrat. And because we only have like 50 minutes on the show, let's just stick to Republicans and Democrats. Because right? we start going, oh, we, doesn't, we don't even have enough time for all that. But here is the interesting thing about Republicans and Democrats. Besides the fact of, you know, all the people that's going to be like, oh, they're all both the same thing. Right. <laughs> they're really not. But that's a whole other thing. So why do we have these as the two major parties? And here is something that I found very interesting is that today about 90 percent of registered African-American voters are actually registered as Democrat. Ninety percent. That is a huge, huge portion of um, black voters. But 50 years ago, two thirds of black voters were actually Republicans. I don't think that a lot of people know that. So, I mean, I, I knew that, but I so I was really interested as to learning the history as to why uh, African-Americans actually were Republicans and they are now mostly Democrats. And so here's the really interesting thing. So the Democratic Party actually um, traces its roots back to Thomas Jefferson. Right. So um, um I'm sorry. So the the party traces his roots back to Thomas Jefferson is actually um, initially called the Jefferson Republicans. That's what the Democratic Party used to be called. Uh, The interesting thing about that is um, (laughs) the reason why it has a donkey as the I thought this was really funny. The reason why the Democrats use a, a donkey as its symbol is because Andrew Jackson was publicly nicknamed Jackass. <laughs> he was from the Democrats. So they actually, I guess, 
used it as, you know, <laughs> tried to turn it against whoever called him that. Um, because of his popular position of let the people rule. So they, they actually <laughs> did not agree with that. I guess most people and they um, publicly called him a, a, a jackass. And uh, they and so the Democratic Party took on um, the donkey as their symbol, <laughs> which was really interesting. So the biggest rift between the Republican and the Democratic Party happened, of course, during the Civil War. Right. So the Civil War, the difference between the two was the it was actually um, between those who supported slavery and those who opposed it. Right. So Abraham Lincoln, who was opposed to slavery, he was actually he was actually a part of the Republican Party and the Republican Party is what obviously drew all of the African-Americans because it was an uh, it was considered a party that was in favor of the abolition of slavery. Um, they were established in around 1860. Right. And um, Lincoln became president, part of the Republican Party. He abolished slavery. So throughout this whole time. And OK, let's let's talk about the symbolism. So the. Republicans actually took on the symbol of an elephant because there was a Harper's Weekly cartoonist who um, who was writing cartoons and he was symbolizing the Republicans as elephant and they just took it on as their symbol. So that that was created uh, actually by a cartoonist. See, cartoonists are important. So I will not tease my nephew anymore for getting a bachelor's in art. <laughs> so. Sirhan, good job. <laughs> you too can create a a, a lifelong symbol <laughs> that people will write about forever. <laughs> so, um, so that was really interesting. So, when did the switch happen? So, here is here is a little bit about when the switch happened. During Freedom Summer, which is uh, for people who are not so familiar with African-American history, Freedom Summer was a summer where lots of white college students in the north got on buses and they went down to Mississippi to help register black voters to vote. Right. So that was about 50 years ago. Right. In about the 1960s or so, um, there was a huge incident that got lots of media attention when two um, black men and one white man actually was kidnapped and killed on their way to Mississippi. Um, and it got lots of media attention. Um, and that stirred, stirred a big, it stirred up, of course, all of the things about civil rights and desegregation. And during that time, President Lyndon Johnson, so that is when President Lyndon Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act into law. This happened about two weeks before the GOP, um, before the GOP conference, so before the Republican conference. And at the time, the leader of the conference was a gentleman whose name was Goldwater. His, nick his name was Arizona Senator Barry Goldwater. His nickname was Mr. Conservative. At the GOP conference, he said something to the effect of he was not in favor of desegregation. And he said something to the effect of um, of each state will can implement it in their own time and in their own way. 
really making it clear the stance of conservatives within the uh, Republican Party and that they were not in support of desegregation. And that created a mass exodus of African-Americans from the Republican Party because the stance that they took when it came to desegregation. So that is another really interesting tip. So when did African-Americans leave the Republican Party and join the Democratic Party? It was um, as a result of the Republicans not supporting desegregation. So I thought that that was really, really fascinating. So my question to people is, what makes a Republican versus a Democrat? And... um, how did you determine? So we have a caller here. All right, let's ask. Hello, caller. You are on with Mornings with Mubarakha. Tell me, are you affiliated to a Republican or a Democratic Party? And how did you choose? Can you hear me, caller? Yeah. Um, I- we, you have a bad connection. Can you still hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, now I can hear you. Awesome. So what is your name? My name is Salima. Salima. Salima, are you a Democrat, a Republican, an independent? Do you associate with a party? I do. Democrat. Okay. And why are you a Democrat? <laughs> Um, let me, let me, let me actually preview that with, were you, when you registered as a voter, did you automatically become a Democrat or have you ever switched? This is what I'm going to, this is what I'm going to say. I think I'm a Democrat from being raised, you know, in in a Democratic party. Okay. So it's like, it's, it's like Democratic by conditioned. Ah, and what do you? Does that make make sense to you? It does. It absolutely makes sense to me. What is it about? But what is it that even makes your your family Democrat? What type of views do they think that they have that's different than, say, joining a Republican Party or joining an Independent Party? What makes you Democrat? Well, what makes me not look outside of the Democrat? I can answer that more clearly. Easier. Okay. Is because um, as as I look, you know, outside and see that the uh, Democrat seems to be more for the uh, the uh, the poor class people, the okay. people who is in um, in a position of being needing uh, help, and they develop programs that uh, it's for the people. Okay, so you feel like you're Democrat. So that's a good, that is a, that's a good um, way of looking at it. You feel like Democrats are more for lower class and they develop more programs for people who are inside of the, in the lower class. Thank you. I appreciate you calling in. Um, and I appreciate your answer. Let's talk about that a little bit. So Salima called in and she said that Democrats seem to be more for lower class and they create policies around lower class. 
Um, so with that being said, one of the differences, so one of the, the things that, that, that my research came up is that one of the differences between Republicans and Democrats is um, is on social issues. Um, so Republicans and De- Democrats have very different views. So this is today. We're talking about what what it, what is it today? Republicans tend to be very um, very conservative in terms of that. When it comes to things like taxes, both feel like taxes should be cut, but Democrats are more likely to lean towards taxes being cut for individuals um, of middle class and lower class, whereas higher class and corporations. Democrats normally do not favor cutting taxes on them because they can afford it. Republicans, on the other hand, they believe that tax cuts should be for everyone, including the wealthy, including corporations. So that's one of the things in tax policy that um, makes a difference. That makes a difference between Democrats and Republicans. So the interesting thing is that we're going to go over a couple of things. So if you actually don't know what party that you should associate with, then maybe you'll get a little bit more um, um, a little bit more information and you can see what what aligns with your beliefs um, when it comes to politics. So I thought that that, so I think that that's very common for people to associate with the party that they grew up with. My personal experience from growing up is my mom was actually, and parents were not into um, politics at all. So I got to choose for myself because I, I don't even think my mom voted. I have to be honest, <laughs> which is OK if be, she didn't want to vote. But I registered to vote as soon as I turned 18. I always felt like it was important and it was uh, and it was a way of recognizing and honoring the sacrifices of the many people who died during Freedom Summer and before that um, for my right to vote. And so that's one of the things that I um, that I always make sure that I do. I think that it's important that um, for me anyway, that that I participate in in every election, not just the one every four years, but we we want to vote with (laughs) with the local elections as well. So here. So that's so that's an interesting um, that is one of the interesting uh, uh, differences between Democrats and Republicans. So here is another one. So social issues, right? Social issues is a huge, I believe, divide between Democrats and Republicans. Republicans tend to be very conservative on social issues. One of the reasons why you often hear Christian values being um, associated with people in the Republican parties is Republican parties, they tend to oppose gay marriage. They tend to promote marriage between men and women. They are more likely to oppose abortion um, and promote the right of gun ownership. Democrats tend to be more progressive. And I'm putting those in my air quotes um, because I think that that's also subjective. What's progressive? (laughs) Progressive in their views, favoring abortion, gay marriage and stronger, strict gun laws that limit gun um, limit gun ownership. Um, So here is the thing about social issues. Do people I don't believe that 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 the this view on social issues is 
exclusive to Democrat or Republicans. I know a lot of Democrats that oppose gay marriage. I know a lot of Democrats that uh, that um, oppose uh, um, abortion. So if this is your main platform, does this dictate what party you are going to associate yourself with? So that that's that if, if you have associated yourself to a particular party based on social issues, why don't you give me a call and chime in and join the discussion at 203-872-7356. 203-872-7356 is the call-in number. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to Mornings with Mubarak on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. We are talking about um, Democrat, Democrat and Republican parties and what makes us one thing or another. Now, I have 10 things here that tends to be the 10 biggest differences between Democrat and Republican. And I guess the question that we have to ask ourselves is, um, how many do we actually agree? I mean, some people may be registered as Democrats because they grew up in a Democratic household. But then when they listen to these things, they're like, hey, I think I'm a Republican. <laughs> so mm, maybe you are not switch. Maybe not. Um, I have people in my family who were Democrat for years and years, and then they became um, disheartened with the Democratic Party and they became independent. Right. Um, and that's actually. um a really good question that maybe we'll do on another show. Like <laughs> what makes you an independent? <laughs> How do you become that? Right. <laughs> and I, cause this is a really interesting thing that I found in several of the speakers at sister giant over the weekend was people who got up and say, I used to be a Republican, but now I'm an independent or I used to be a Republican and now I'm a Democrat. I'm sure there's a lot of reverse. This just happened to be a Democratic convention. I'm sure there's a lot of Democrats that ends up being Republicans. Um, but um, what is it that makes you change? What is it that uh, like what are some of the things that you feel no longer supports your values? Right. So uh, one of the other things that is a difference between Democrat is re and Republican is the way that they look at businesses. Right. Um, Republicans tend to uh, oppose increase in the minimum wage. So they say this is one of the things um, citing the fact that businesses need to keep um, keep costs low and Democrats tend to favor um, increasing the minimum wage. This was really interesting. So if you uh, was watching CNN last night, there was a debate between um, Senator Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders and um, Senator Ted Ted Cruz, I believe. Yes, Ted Cruz. And it was uh, a debate over um, the future of Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act. And so let's be clear, the Affordable Care Act and Obamacare is the same thing, because apparently one third, one third, 33.33 percent of Americans think that they are different. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> when they said that, I was like, what? <laughs> So that's a huge that's a huge percentage of the population that thinks that there's a difference between the two that isn't clear as to the source of health care. <laughs> so the Affordable Care Act 
and Obamacare is the same exact thing. Obamacare is just a nickname for the Affordable Care Act. And one of the questioners, one of the people that got up and asked the question was a person that uh, (laughs) um, Ted Cruz referred to as a 49er. What's a 49er? So under the Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare, (laughs) businesses that have more than have 50 or more employees have to supply, um, have to give their employees health care. And so the woman got up and said she owned five beauty salons in Texas and she has 48 (laughs) employees. She would like to open up a fifth one, but she has not because she would go over the 50 employees and she um, she would go over the 50 employees and then she would have to give them health care where she herself does not even have uh, um, health health insurance. Ted Cruz then went on to mention um, that he went and visit a farmer who said he had 49 employees, 49 employees. He can't increase the amount of people that he has working because he would have to give them health insurance. Um, And if he did not have to give them health insurance, then he could supply 20 more jobs. So this is a huge difference. And so Bernie Sanders, I have to give him points for honesty. And (laughs) he did not sugarcoat it. He was just like, if you open a fifth salon, yes, you should offer health (laughs) care. He was like, I'm sorry, you're not going to like my answer, but you need to offer your employees health care. <laughs> so that was certainly a stark difference between Bernie Sanders and Ted Cruz. And so that actually really got me to think, you know, as a business person um, who, has, who owns businesses and, um, um, and have owned and had employees when I owned a fitness studio um, and weighing the difference between... Uh, decreasing your your bottom line by offering health care versus increasing um, the uh, your revenue. So that is actually really interesting. It has to I think that it's more of a. I think it's more of a moral stance than anything, because do you increase the quality of life because having insurance increases your quality of life. Do you increase the quality of life for your employees at the expense of not taking you broke, but decreasing your bottom line? So that is a really interesting dilemma. Now, I, I really don't know the answer to that. I've never been in, I've never had 49 employees. (laughs) Right. I've had 10 before, but I've never had 49 employees. So that's a really interesting. That's an interesting dilemma. So if I have any 49ers listening, it will be interesting to understand, like, what is the how much of a bottom line are you decreasing by offering a better quality of life to your employees versus um, versus your bottom line? Right. So because that's what it that's really what it is. Like, do you have that responsibility? I guess it depends on what type of business you own. Mm -hmm. Mm. <laughs> so, so that's really interesting. And that takes us to our fourth point, which is healthcare. So 
Democrats generally prefer a government regulation and oversight over the health care system, including the passage. So that's why the Democrats passed the Affordable Care Act. And it was strongly opposed by the Republicans. The Republicans who oppose the Affordable Care Act, they believe that there, there's too much government involvement in the industry. And the interest, uh, so another one of the interesting things, now I don't normally watch CNN. I have to tell you, like, I don't have cable, um, but I was able to watch um, online last night. Um, and the only reason why I watch is because I was going to do this show and talk about it. I'm, I've been trying to decrease my news consumption. <laughs> but the interesting thing about the discussion last night was apparently one of the uh, limitations of health insurance is that you cannot get health insurance from um, insurance companies outside of your state. So if you live in Connecticut, if I live in Connecticut, I can't go to, you know, Wyoming to an insurer there and say, can I buy your health insurance that so health insurers are only competing with insurance companies within the state that they're in. Of course, people like Anthem Blue Cross can are in very are in several states, but lower um, or smaller health insurers are not in several states. So one of the one of the modifications that um, or changes that uh, Republicans want to make is they actually want to allow insurance companies across the whole United States to compete, that you can live in Pennsylvania and buy insurance from somebody in Texas. Right. So that would be really interesting. So the, the, the opposition to it is that that would actually drive up. It would drive down your premiums. But it would drive up the deductibles. So it's like six on one hand, half a dozen on the other. So that's interesting. Um, as opposed to Republic, uh, as opposed to Democrats who obviously do not want the um, the Affordable Care Act repealed. They want the government to be able to regulate health care because ultimately many Democrats want uh, a one payer system of health care in the United States, which is a show in itself because there's pros and cons to that. Right. One of the other differences between Democrats and Republicans is Democrats across the board believe the government should run social programs such as welfare, unemployment benefits, food stamps and Medicaid to support the people in need. Um, they believe that more tax dollars should be funneled into these programs. And even though Republicans tend to and I and I keep using the word 10 because I don't believe that Republicans or Democrat are monolith like there's Democrat, as we mentioned earlier. You know, you don't have to believe in all of these things to be associated with one part, um, one party or another. So uh, Republicans tend to recognize that there's a need for these programs, but they favor less funding and tighter controls. I think that uh, one of the more popular things that that made the news was there was a Republican senator who wanted to if you got welfare, then you could not buy like lobster and shrimp. (laughs) He was like and people were like, what? (laughs) <laughs> so and that made like the news it was like being on the news like you couldn't buy lobster and shrimp. I guess those are like luxury items that poor people are not supposed to enjoy I don't know 
<laughs> so <laughs> that's really interesting. Republican, I think one of the the uh, another popular, um, I shouldn't say popular as meaning uh, the amount of Republicans that support it, but that had gotten a, a lot of news coverage is the Republican position of wanting to require people who receive public assistance to have to be drug tested. Right. And and in the, the oxymoron of that was that the Republican senator that um, posed that um, was then found to be using cocaine. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think he was doing a little de- uh, a little deflection, <laughs> making sure none of you are like me. <laughs> Only I can use cocaine because I'm paying for it. I'm not going to pay for your cocaine. I'm going to pay for my own. <laughs> so not an interesting difference between Democrat and Republican. Um, energy and environmental issues are a huge divide. We have seen this with this current administration. Many people in the current re- administration actually do not believe that global warming even exists. They don't believe it exists. Um, they are less protective of the environment. So we have seen that by the fact that uh, the administration has already lifted the um, the restrictions of continuing the Dakota Access Pipeline. Um, they have actually one of the other interesting things um, that I actually learned over the weekend was within the first week of the administration, they lifted, and this to me is like insane. The administration lifted the restriction for Exxon, Shell, and other oil companies to dump sludge into local rivers. So the previous administration said, no, you should probably not dump toxic waste into the rivers that flow through our communities. This administration said, eh, what's a little toxicity? Maybe we'll get over it. Go ahead and dump it. So <laughs> that's like crazy. So and you think about that kind of stuff and you're like, what is pe- what are people thinking? Like to me, that is like now that is common sense as opposed to what was said the other day about the current um, um, the current ban. The current Muslim ban was it, uh, I think Trump said, oh, it's just common sense. No, it's actually not. But this. I think that's common sense. I think we can say that that is common sense. Do not put toxic waste into local rivers. But apparently, current administration thinks that's okay. So (laughs) energy issues and environmental issues is a huge divide between Democrats and Republicans. Um, Republicans tend to favor drilling to produce more energy at lower costs. Democrats will push um, for tax dollar alternatives to energy solutions. like solar energy, wind power, things like that, that will avoid actually digging into the ground. Um, Some of the issues that happens with digging, for example, um, fracking, right, if you're familiar with that term, is as they drill into the ground to look for natural gas. And what happens is the gas actually, when they hit pockets of gas, it actually leaks into the soil, into the water, um, there is a very interesting documentary called Gasland. So I sound like I'm like super smart because I researched <laughs> uh, all of this stuff that I learned over the weekend. <laughs> so go watch the documentary on Netflix called Gasland. 
Very, very interesting. People were literally able to light their water on fire after they in neighborhoods where the companies were fracking, which is because uh, what happens is that they dig into the ground and then it creates all of these other. Obviously, it cracks the rocks and the and the and the soil and stuff. And so the gas leaks out. And so that was really interesting. And that's something that Democrats will tend to oppose as opposed to Republicans tend to support because Republicans are they tend to be more big business. So one of the things that I so my understanding of the difference between Democrats and Republican is how they view um, um, the economy. So Republicans tend to favor top down, which is called the trickle down effect. Right. If you give discounts to corporations and big businesses, then they will hire more people who will then invest into the economy and it will trickle all the way down to the little guy. So that is the uh, the common position, the common business position. This is why. Uh, Republicans tend to propose things that will offer tax cut to millionaires, tax cut to big corporations, because their philosophy is the trickle down effect, as opposed to Democrats who tend to lean towards the bottom up effect, which is if you cut the taxes on people who are low income, who are middle class, then they will actually have more wealth to invest in the economy. So the economy is kind of like the center point of the of meeting. Right. That's where we determine the economic health of our, our of our country. And the difference is, is whether or not you that one party feels like we should trickle down the wealth. So let all of the wealth be up here and then it eventually make it down to the little guy. Whereas the bottom up effect is that give the bottom people the ability to um, training to get jobs, to work, to increase their their hourly pay. Right. It's the Democrats that's pushing the fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage. Um, the tax cut, bring it down here. And so it will then go from the bottom up to the top. Right. So that is that's one of the, the differences. So education and crime and punishment. Those are our. Last two big differences, the two that's in the news this week, because we know that we just got um, one of the most unqualified (laughs) uh, secretaries of education in the history of the United States was actually confirmed for the first time ever. um, A vice president, a sitting vice president had to be a deciding vote because it was a split split. We appreciate the I think it was two Republicans that sided against that voted against um, Bessie DeVos. So we should all call them and give them. Thank you. I'm going to put their numbers on my Facebook page. Um, And uh, Jeff Sessions, which we will find out tonight um, whether or not he is going to be confirmed. Um, So there's a huge difference in the way that uh, Democrats and Republicans look at crime and punishment. And of course, individual liberties are also one of the differences between the two. Um, We are coming to the end of our show. We are coming to the end of our show. And um, it's been really interesting. I want to thank people for calling in. I want to thank you for uh, logging on um, and 
watching us on Facebook, watching us on the New Haven Independent. I want you to let us know what you think. If you have a show uh, recommendation or a guest, um, let me know. But I want to tell you about next week because you have to tune in next week. Next week, I will have Dr. Suad Abdul-Kabir on my show, who is the author of The New Muslim Cool, which is a book about um, African-American Muslims in America and um, the culture and tradition and how and how they contribute to America and how they um, have helped change the fabric of America. So I'm really excited. We are going to be live next week, 10 a.m. here on WNHHLP 103.5 FM. We will have Dr. Suad Abdul-Kabir. You're going to have to listen live because unfortunately she does not live in Connecticut and we're going to have her on the phone. So you're going to have to listen live to the link. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Um, You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all of that great stuff. Um, and I will talk to you then. And in the meantime, I want to remind you to be a voice and not an echo. 